Good morning, church. Thank you so much for joining us once again for our live stream. I'd like to begin by reading 1 Chronicles chapter 16, starting with verse 23. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let's worship together in song.
Good morning. I'd like to invite you to turn to our scripture reading for this morning, which can be found in the book of 1 Samuel, and we'll be specifically reading chapter 3. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'd invite you to turn with me uh, as I read through this chapter. It reads this way. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house, from beginning to end. And I, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called to Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us again today. Last week, as we were studying the book of Samuel, we alluded to the contrast between Hophni and, uh, excuse me, between Hannah and Eli. Hannah, who dedicated Samuel to the Lord, as opposed to Eli, who honored his sons above the Lord. Today, the contrast is between Samuel and the sons of Eli. Samuel was all that the sons of Eli were not. He was faithful in all his duties, wherein they were unfaithful. The emphasis this morning is on Samuel's relationship to the Lord. 
It's important to realize that Samuel starts off in the same footing as does Hophni and Phinehas. That is, Samuel did not know the Lord either. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. One should remember that was also said of uh, Hophni and Phinehas uh, that they did not know the Lord either, 1 Samuel 2.12. Now the sons of Eli were worthless sons. They did not know the Lord. But the crucial difference is that Samuel comes to know the Lord at a young age. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. The emphasis being Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Hophni and Phinehas reject the word of God. They continue in unbelief. Samuel submits to the word of God, believes, and serves. And so the explanation for the difference between the lives of Hophni and Phinehas and those compared to Samuel is that their not knowing the Lord rules their life, where Samuel's coming to know the Lord explains the life that he lives. So the theme this morning is lessons from Samuel's spiritual growth and development. The key verse is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 20. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. So we want to look at this process of spiritual growth that takes place in the life of Samuel. And the first step in that spiritual process is Samuel's coming to know the Lord. Again, remember 1 Samuel 7, 7, where it states that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So how did he come to know the Lord? We begin by looking at the setting in which Samuel came to know the Lord. The spiritual setting in which Samuel came to know the Lord is significant. Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli's direction, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord, and now these words, in the presence of Eli. So Samuel was under Eli's care and supervision, as opposed to that of Hophni and Phinehas. And certainly that was a great blessing uh, to Samuel, that uh, he's being mentored by Eli and not by Eli's sons. Samuel was ministering in the dark days in the land of Egypt, excuse me, in the land of Israel, for it states at the end of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. So something out of the ordinary is going to, to happen. Uh, God is going to speak to Samuel. But it was not totally out of the ordinary. For just a few verses earlier is an account of a man of God who is sent by God to Eli, who had received a vision from the Lord, that was telling Eli what would take place uh, with regard to his family. 1 Samuel 2.27, there came a man of God to Eli and said to him, thus says the Lord. So while these visions were rare in the time of Samuel, uh, they were not totally unheard of. Uh, they were not totally unique. 
But it does speak about the darkness of the period of time in which Samuel was living. Certainly, uh, religion was at a low ebb in the life of Israel at this time. They were practicing their religion, but they were not listening or hearing the word of God as they should. Secondly, the physical setting of Samuel coming to know the Lord. Eli and Samuel were sleeping in separate rooms as the account opens. Verse 2, at that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying in his own place. According to verse 3, it says the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So they were in separate rooms. Eli was a physically needy individual. He was virtually blind. 1 Samuel 3, 2. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. The account here is to help us better understand the situation that's taking place. It would not be unusual for Samuel to think that Eli was calling him in the middle of the night and summoning him to his help Eli in some way. Uh, he needed Samuel's help. And it also gives us real insight into some of the ways that Samuel was ministering to the Lord. For if you notice in chapter 3, verse 1, and remember, Samuel's a child at this point. Now the boy, Samuel, emphasizing the fact that he's still a child. Now the boy, Samuel, was ministering to the Lord, and now these words, in the presence of Eli. So the primary way that at this point Samuel is serving the Lord is to serve the Lord by serving Eli. Uh, he is serving in his presence not only in the sense of his oversight, but Samuel is serving in Eli's presence as a helper. Which teaches us that as a child, you can serve the Lord by being helpful to those who are over you, namely your parents. In honoring your parents, you are in fact honoring the Lord. And in serving your parents, you are in fact serving the Lord. And we may grow even greater in this application, for uh, Eli and Samuel are ministering in the temple. And as a child, there are many ways in which you can be helpful in the service of the Lord as you help your mother, as you help your father, as you help others. For example, let's suppose your mother or father teach Sunday school, or they teach day camp. One of the ways that you can be helpful to them and helpful to the Lord is by cutting out materials. If they are cutting out figurines for day camp, you're sitting there helping to cut out the materials. Or if your mom and dad are at the church and they're performing some work projects, you can do some work projects too. When my girls were little, um, at that period of time in the history of our church, uh, we did not have a collating machine. Uh, we didn't have some of the materials that we have available to us today. So when my girls were little, every Saturday afternoon, they would come over to the church and they would fold bulletins. 
And when they were done folding bulletins, then they would take my handouts and they had to collate them and they had to assemble them and put them together, pages one through 10, and they would staple them. That was the way in which they helped me, but in doing that, they were also helping the Lord. So there are very tangible ways that as children, you can be involved in helping your parents as they are seeking to help the Lord. But never confuse activity with saving faith. Never confuse doing good works as the same as having saving faith. Samuel was a good boy. Samuel uh, was serving Eli. And in seeking to serve Eli, he was serving the Lord. But at this point, Samuel still doesn't have a saving faith. He still doesn't have a personal relationship with God. That has to yet come. And I would encourage you children that uh, come to church regularly when we're able to have the church doors open and we're able to assemble and you attend Sunday school and perhaps you help around the church and you're smiling and you're trying to, to be a, a good boy or girl and wanting to be helpful to others. While all that is great, the most important thing is to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So I hope that you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't or you don't know what that means, I would really encourage you to talk to mom and dad after this service is over and uh, ask them, how can I come to know the Lord is my Savior? For notice the next step in Samuel coming to know the Lord was the effectual call of God. The effectual call of God. Of course, the call was initiated by God and was an act of God's grace. It's revealed to us in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4, Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here am I. This call was an audible call. That is, Samuel heard God's voice. God spoke to Samuel. We know that, for Samuel mistakes the call of God for Eli's calling him. Verse 5, and ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. So he confused the voice with, of God with the voice of Eli and assumed that Eli was calling him. But Eli's response in verse 5 is, But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. All who come to faith are, in fact, called by God. That does not mean that we all hear an audible voice, that we all hear our name sounded out, but it does mean that God is at work graciously in the heart of every single individual who comes to place their faith and trust in the Lord. In the book of Romans, starting at 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he uh, also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then here are the steps. Moreover, 
whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So this first step is to be called of God. So every single person who comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior is called by God. Not audibly, but God is at work in the lives of each one. God initiates that process. Eli, though in an imperfect instrument, was used of God to bring Samuel to a place of saving faith and spiritual understanding. Let me say that again. Eli, though, an imperfect instrument, was used of God to bring Samuel to a place of faith and spiritual understanding. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 6 and following. And the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. This teaches us that God does use and can use imperfect instruments to bring other people to the Lord. Uh, Eli had his problems, but he was able to instruct and teach Samuel uh, how to come to know the Lord. Samuel, in turn, was teachable. And what an important quality that is. Samuel respected Eli, though Eli was old, he was extremely heavy, and he was blind. But Eli was also the priest. And so Samuel listened to Eli's instruction. Samuel learned from Eli. And further, he did what Eli told him to do. Just a reminder, Hophni and Phinehas would not listen to Eli. They would not adhere to his rebuke. But Samuel listens to Eli. As children, uh, you can really grow spiritually in your understanding if you are willing to listen to others, if you are willing to be taught, uh, if you are willing to follow the word of the Lord. Secondly, the process by which Samuel becomes a prophet. So the first step was Samuel coming to personal faith in the Lord now we look at Samuel becoming a prophet. God gives Samuel a message to share. God is going to give Samuel a very difficult message to share. It's revealed in 1 Samuel 3.11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel in which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. That word to tingle means to be astonished, to be afraid. Those who hear it it is going to set their uh, jaw ajar. The message that Samuel is about to share, though, is not a new one. 
For God tells Samuel that God is going to do just as he said he would do through the man that was initially sent to Eli. If you look at verse 12 of 1 Samuel 3, it says, On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. That's referring to the message that had already been given by the man of God that had previously been sent to Eli. So Samuel doesn't have a new message. He comes with the same message. It is repeated. It is going to be expanded upon, but it's the same basic message and truth. God is going to bring judgment on the house of Eli. Verses 13 and 14. And I will declare to him that I am about to punish the house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel is initially afraid to share this message with Eli. Verse 15, Samuel lay until morning, but then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Uh, it's very understandable why Samuel would be afraid. Uh, Samuel would have been afraid because he was a youth. He was a child. He was going to have to go to an adult. And not just an adult, but one who had been his mentor. The one who had been his teacher. The one who had introduced him to the Lord. And yet he is going to be taking a very serious and grave message to Eli concerning Eli's family and Eli's son. Secondly, the message is difficult to share because it's so negative. It is so difficult. It is so alarming. And then thirdly, it's difficult to share because it has to do with Eli personally and Eli's sons. And so we can easily understand Samuel's reticence in sharing this message. However, Samuel is emboldened to speak by Eli's desire to hear what Samuel has to say. If you look at verse 16, it says, but, this is in contrast, uh, Samuel is afraid to speak this message to Eli, but, in contrast, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, here am I. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and much more if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. Eli wanted to hear what Samuel had to say because he wanted to hear what God had to say. Eli understood that it was God who was speaking, that Samuel was just a mouthpiece. Samuel was just an instrument. He knew from personal uh, firsthand knowledge that God had given a message to Samuel. And so, Eli wants to hear what the Lord has to say. So Eli encourages Samuel, verse 18. 
So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, that is Eli, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. And we looked at that some uh, last week. And uh, we looked at the positives and negatives of that statement. But here, it's simply, uh, for our consideration this morning, a declaration that this is what God said. This is not what Samuel said. It is much easier to share the word of God when people want to hear the word of God. How blessed we are when people want us to tell them what God has to say. Even more blessed are we when people are demanding to hear the word of God and don't want to hear anything else and don't want anything to be left out. So I say to all of us this morning that deal with reticence to share the word of God, and we might find it difficult to evangelize, and we might find it difficult to share our faith. Uh, we need to, to get over that. We, we need to uh, grow in our relationship to the Lord. But one of the ways that that begins is by sharing the word of God with people who want to hear it. How much easier that is. Become a Sunday school teacher. A youth mentor. Teach good news clubs. Perhaps start a Bible study in your home with neighbors and friends who want to get together to study the Bible. Or, ever thought about leading a Bible study in a nursing home? There are a lot of people that would love to sit around and study the Word of God. Look for opportunities in which people want to hear the word of God and make the most of every opportunity. But we must continue and we must speak the word of God, not only to those who want to hear it, but those who do not want to hear it as well. So Timothy is told in the book of 2 Timothy, Paul writes, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be diligent in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But even those that don't want to hear, we should be sharing the word of God with them. But once again, how much more pleasant it is to speak the word of God to those who want to hear. And I just want to tell you this morning that I feel very blessed as a pastor to preach to a congregation who wants to hear the word of God. And it makes it so much easier and so much more pleasant to speak to people who want to hear. And it certainly emboldens when people want to hear nothing but the word and want to hear everything that the word has to say. So Samuel is given this opportunity to grow and develop as Eli wants to hear the word of God. Thirdly, the, Samuel's process of continued 
development. Samuel grew physically and spiritually. Verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. This is the third reference in the uh, narrative of Samuel's growth. If you look back at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21, it states, Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Then if you look at verse 26 of chapter 2, Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. So here in verse 26, uh, we're told that Samuel is growing physically and he's growing spiritually. He's growing in his relationship to the Lord and as such, he's growing in respect that the people have for Samuel. So he's growing in every way. And that should be true of us as well. Uh, we need to grow physically as a child, and we need to grow spiritually. Uh, we should not uh, stump our growth. Samuel had a precious relationship to the Lord. It's described in verse 19 when it says that the Lord was with him, meaning the Lord helped him, the Lord strengthened him, the Lord encouraged him. And Samuel was a prophet, and all his words came to pass. If you look at verse 19, the last statement says, and let none of his words fall to the ground. It speaks of Samuel's effectiveness when he spoke. Uh, it speaks of the fact that all that he said came to pass. For listen to the words of 1 Samuel 9, 6, when um, Saul is looking for the prophet uh, they direct him to Samuel, and they say this about him. But he said to him, Behold, there is a man of God in this city, and he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says comes true. All that he says comes true. He's held in honor. He's held in respect. And so we see that even from a child, Samuel is going to have respect because what he says is the word of God, and because it's the word of God, it comes to pass. And that's very important to realize. It isn't that it's Samuel's words alone, but it's the fact that Samuel's words are God's words. So Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I send it. So whenever we share the word of God, we can expect it to be effectual. We can expect that it's going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. Not because we are saying it, but because what we are saying is God's words. So Samuel was a true prophet because he was speaking the word of God. If you are faithful in declaring God's word, then you will be successful in accomplishing everything that God wants accomplished. For his word will not return void. That doesn't mean everybody comes to faith. That doesn't mean that everybody is saved. 
But it does mean that God's word will do what God intends his word to do. God's word was not going to bring Hophni and Phinehas to faith. But it was going to reveal their end. It was going to reveal what happened to them. It was true. It was true. God's word is true. And so Samuel was held in high esteem by all. If you look at verse 20, it says, In all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, that means from one end of Israel to the other. Those are the two extremes of the territories at that time. All Israel, from beginning to end, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Everyone knew that there was something different about this child. Everybody understood his potential. They all realized the future leader that he was to be. Timothy is a young man in ministry when Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, he's not a child, but he is a young man. And Paul writes to Timothy and says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 and following. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, which means conduct, in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Now these words, verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all, so that everyone can see your spiritual growth. Everyone can see your development. Everyone can see your progress. Everyone can see that you are going to be greatly used of God. Now again, Timothy's not a child at this point, but he is a very young man. And so in like manner with Samuel, Timothy is growing. Timothy is developing. Timothy is maturing. However, Samuel is a child in this narrative. And everyone knew, though Samuel was a child, that he would grow up to be a prophet. Which teaches us some important truths, especially to the children of our congregation. And that is, even as a young child, you can distinguish yourself. You can set a trajectory. You can start on a path that makes you different from those around you. It starts by coming to know the Lord as your Savior. It continues by seeking to be obedient to the Lord, to be helpful to others. It continues by growing in the Lord, by listening to the instruction and teaching of others, and by giving yourself to the Word of God. You can be different. You can have a reputation among others. 
take the following steps. Accept the Lord as your Savior. If you can read, read the Bible. Pray. And ask God to bring you closer to him. Ask God to use you. Memorize Bible verses. Listen to Sunday school teachers, church services, and your parents as they teach you the word of God. Take notes. Ask questions. Give yourself to the things of God in such a way that people take notice. They can see your spiritual growth. Now, many of you as as children, uh, if you haven't seen somebody in a year or two, the first thing they say to you is, my, how you have grown, how you have shot up. And uh, you're not able to wear the same clothes anymore because you're taller, you're bigger, uh, you're growing. Well, it's wonderful if two years pass and people that haven't seen you for a while can say, wow, have you grown spiritually? I can see a maturity that's taking place in your life. I see that you have a better understanding of the scriptures. You have a closer relationship with God. I can see your spiritual progress. Now, I'd like to use a personal example this morning in the life of our church, and that is namely Pastor Cruz. Pastor Cruz is the pastor in his home church, and that's very rare. Most people do not grow up to be the pastor in their church. They grow up and be a pastor somewhere else. So I've known Pastor Cruz all of his life. And I knew him as a child. And as a child, he came to know the Lord as a Savior when he was about four or five years of age. Pastor Cruz heard a call of God not only to becoming a pastor, but also to ministry. And when he was 15, he became committed to being a pastor. And he would talk to me regularly about being a pastor since that time. And we had a number of opportunities to work together and do internships and different things. And he talked to me about all kinds of things related to being a pastor. And I could see at that very tender age, 15, 16, 17, I could see his potential. And I was looking forward to the time in which he would be a pastor and we could serve together. I was hoping that would be a possibility. And by God's grace, it came to pass. And so now he's a pastor in his home church. Pastor Cruz wants to be a spiritual help to you and wants to see you grow and you develop. And I would encourage you to go up and talk to Pastor Cruz and ask him, as a child, what did you do? How did you serve? How did you grow? How did you learn? How did you develop? I would encourage you to be mentored by him. Talk to him. Pray with him. Uh, Our teens, our youth, what a privilege you have 
to be able to have Pastor Cruz in your midst. Take advantage of that. Talk to Pastor Cruz, especially if, as you begin thinking about uh, what you are going to do with your life, what uh, career you're going to embark on, what ways you can serve the Lord. Talk those things over with Pastor Cruz. And so Samuel's prophetic ministry goes on. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to, Sh- to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The word moved from being rare in Samuel's day, not to the place of being commonplace, but yet being richly dispensed. Samuel is going to be greatly used of God to bring the word of God to the people of Israel. They are not going to be in spiritual darkness because God is going to speak through Samuel. Samuel will have much to say. So in conclusion, let me just say that by the grace of God, Samuel came to new know the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. He was called of God. That's the very beginning of a right relationship with God, coming to faith. Then he continued to grow in grace and knowledge. He continued to hear more of God's word. He continued to be instructed. He grew not only physically, but he grew spiritually as well. And as a result, Samuel was greatly used of God. That's my hope for every child of this congregation, that you will know the Lord is your Savior, that you will grow in your knowledge of God and his word, and you will be greatly used of God in his service. That doesn't mean everybody's a pastor. It doesn't mean everybody's a missionary. But it means that you want to honor God. You want to use your life to be a spiritual help to others. And may we all seek to be a help to the Samuels that are in our sphere. May we be an Eli, though not perfect instruments. May we seek to be a help in directing others to God and being an encouragement in their sharing the word of God. Let's pray. Almighty God, we Thank you for your word, and we uh, thank you for the life of Samuel. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you're a God who is still at work in the lives of people this day, even as we have used uh, Pastor Cruz as an example, and we could have used others. We thank you, O God, for your call upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, for opportunities to grow and develop, and that everyone can see that progress. And so... Even as we see the example of Pastor Cruz, how everyone came to the conclusion that yes, indeed, he should be a pastor and be a pastor even in his home church. Lord, may we see children growing and may we be able to say, yes, we see God at work in their lives. We see them as the future Sunday school teachers. We see them as the future deacons. We see them as the future elders. We see them as the future spiritual leaders. We see them as people used of God. Lord, help us to be an encouragement to them. Help us to be Eli's in the good sense of that word, pointing people to God. 
um, being an encouragement to others to share the word of God, wanting to listen, wanting to hear. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us for our Sunday morning live stream. Let's conclude our time together by singing, Lord, speak to me that I may speak. Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.